0: securely connected with Linda Derwicky as Alice and Chuck Chambers as Bob with special guest Bitcoin
1: Core developer Luke Dasher. It's
0: Alice and Bob. They are two of a kind in love. They are securely connected. Concern it. Alice, did you hear about Luke Dasher's new ocean mining pool?
2: I did, Bob. Pool mining is far too centralized. Looks like Luke is trying to do something about it. Sounds promising.
0: Promising? He says ocean will decentralize mining, but then he censors ordinal inscriptions. What a hypocrite.
2: Don't you think you're jumping to conclusions? Like that time you were convinced the delivery guy was a time traveler because he knew your pizza order before you even said a word.
0: It was like he was reading my mind.
2: Bob, you've ordered the same thing every Friday for the past three years.
0: Look Alice, I got this great idea to mint NFTs with ordinal inscriptions. Luke's gonna censor me like those big tech pedophiles do.
2: Minting ordinal NFTs is degenerate behavior. You should be ashamed for bloating the time chain.
0: But this is different. You know how people mint image NFTs? Well, I'm gonna mint audio NFTs. Here is my first one. I'm gonna call this NFT Luke. Listen up.
2: I don't hear anything.
0: Just listen closely.
2: (laughs) Bob, I know Luke Dasher. I'll see if he can come over and explain it to you.
0: Securely connected will return after a message from our sponsor.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, it's Linda Derwicki here, coming to you with a cause that's close to my heart. You may know me as the star of the hit sitcom, Securely Connected. But today, I'm reaching out to you for a different kind of connection a connection to those who need our help the most. Every day, a staggering 90 billion Satoshis enter the Bitcoin ecosystem, each one hoping to find a loving home. These tiny, precious fragments of Bitcoin are seeking shelter, security, and a chance to thrive. For just $1 a day, you can make a real difference in the life of these Satoshis. Imagine the joy you'll bring to their tiny hearts as you open your wallet and say, Welcome home, little Satoshis. With your support, we can provide these Satoshis with the safe and nurturing environment they deserve. Your daily donation of $1 can give a home to over 2,300 Satoshis each and every day. That's right friends! You have the power to change lives, one Satoshi at a time. So please, reach deep into your pockets and join me in this heartwarming endeavor. Together, we can make sure that no Satoshi is left behind, that every single one finds its place in the world, secure and loved, Begin to dollar cost average today. Let's come together, just like those intricate Bitcoin nodes, and create a future where no Satoshi goes uncherished. Thank you, from the bottom of my heart.
1: Brought to you by the Satoshi's Sanctuary Foundation. Giving a home to Satoshi's, because even the tiniest fragments of Bitcoin deserve a place to call home.
2: Come in. Doors open.
3: Hi, I'm Luke Dasher.
2: Thanks for coming over, Luke. This is my friend Bob, and he has a question for you.
0: Luke, I want to mint an ordinal NFT. Why are you censoring me like you were a big tech
3: pedophile? You can't censor something that doesn't exist. Ordinals are a fraud and always have been. A shared hallucination. The exploit here is the spam attack of inscriptions. Inscriptions are exploiting a vulnerability in Bitcoin Core to spam the blockchain. Bitcoin Core has, since 2013, allowed users to set a limit on the size of extra data in transactions they relay or mine. By obfuscating their data as program code, inscriptions bypass this limit. Do you understand? Boy, do I. Is the Pope Catholic? Uh, well, no, he isn't. It's a dogmatic fact that follows necessarily from Catholic doctrine. That Francis and the Vatican II hierarchy are fraudulent and have always been so.
2: Oh, Luke.
1: Securely connected.
4: Hey there, all you seekers of soundness. It's your bass bassist, Horace Morris here. Oh, what a week we have had, right? You're feeling good. You have a spring in your step. Bitcoin is pumping. And best of all, the Merkle Treehouse is back. Picture this, dear friends. Existence is akin to a graceful dance, and occasionally, it becomes imperative to pause, take a leisurely step back, inhale the soothing essence of the moment, and immerse oneself in the sheer splendor of life's simplicity. During my venture away, I meandered through life's serene landscapes, replenishing my essence and reveling in the captivating allure of the ordinary. returning from this respite i sense a deeper alignment a centered core and a heightened synchronization with life's inherent symphonies more than ever before it's as if i've tapped into a bubbling source of novel insights and invigorating energies stepping away isn't merely about finding repose it's an opportunity to revitalize your essence amplify your vitality and bounce back with an amplified vigor. Now, let's extend a heartfelt welcome to the harbinger of tranquility herself, the guardian of soundness, that groovy chick who keeps the vibe alive, the remarkable, the incredible, Miss Audrey Merkel.
5: Hey everyone, great to be back at the Merkel Treehouse. As of late, the Bitcoin community is abuzz with talk about mining pools. F2 pool, primarily based in China but sourcing computing power globally, raised eyebrows by complying with U.S. sanctions? Very curious. This has sparked debates about whether the Bitcoin network truly remains censorship-resistant. Enter Bitcoin developer Luke Dasher, reviving the Eligious mining pool, promising a KYC-free, decentralized mining alternative. But will this bolster Bitcoin's resistance to censorship or pose new censorship challenges? We'll get into that. But first, how about a quick primer on Bitcoin mining pools by our very own dynamic duo, Eli and Polly. Take it away kids.
3: Hey Polly, remember when we talked about Bitcoin mining, where lots of computers race to find new Bitcoins and write them into the time chain? Oh, yes. But sometimes finding those Bitcoin can be super hard, right? That's right. Sometimes it's like trying to find a tiny piece of gold in a massive sandbox. So why do miners team up in pools, Eli? Think of it like this. Imagine you and your friends were looking for buried treasure. Instead of each of you digging in different places, you all dig in one spot together. When someone finds the treasure, you all share it equally. Like a team effort. But how's that like a mining pool? A mining pool is when many miners join forces to solve those tricky puzzles together. They work together to find the bitcoins, and when they succeed, they share the reward based on how much each one worked. You see, all the miners participating in the pool hash for the pool operator who builds the blocks. But wait, some of these mining pools control lots of hash power. Antpool and Foundry currently account for more than half of the network hash rate. Well... Mining pools can be so good at finding treasure that some people think it might give a lot of power to just a few groups. It's a bit like having one person in charge of the whole treasure hunt. Oh, that doesn't seem fair. Some people worry that if a few groups control too much, it might not be fair to everyone. They might make the treasure hunt a bit less exciting for everyone else. So even though mining pools help miners find more Bitcoin faster, they might give too much control to just a few groups? That's right, Polly. It doesn't take a genius to figure out that all it takes is a few of the lawless perverts from the deep state to be strategically placed in big mining pools to wreak havoc on Bitcoin's censorship resistance. And that's the lesson for the day. Bye Bye, kids! kids. Thank
5: you children. Indeed, mining pools have become a bit of a double-edged sword. For the everyday pleb miner hoping to secure some Bitcoin rewards, they're essential. However, there's a trade-off as miners surrender control of block creation to these colossal mining pools, and that's far from ideal. Bitcoin developer Luke Dasher has taken a stand to tackle this potential vulnerability. Sammy Nash is here with the full rundown. Sammy, what's the scoop?
1: Thank you, Audrey. Listen up, folks. We've got Bitcoin mining evolving faster than a chameleon in a Skittles factory. From hobbyists with potato-powered rigs to big bucks, it's a whole new ballgame. Meet Ocean Pool the rockstar disrupting the scene. It's not just a pool, it's the Superman of mining, fighting for transparency, fairness, and decentralization. Headed by Luke Dasher, this pool is flipping the script on the centralization trend that's been plaguing Bitcoin mining pools. Guess who's throwing dollars at this party? Jack Dorsey. He's diving into this Bitcoin pool. His $6.2 million dive is shouting, hey Bitcoin mining, let's get back to our decentralized roots. Ocean Pool's the rebirth of Illigis. Luke Dasher's baby from back in the day. Remember? That pool was all about transparency. Ocean Pool's building on that legacy. No custody drama, no hiding the cake, just fair rewards straight from the Bitcoin network. With Stratum v2 in its toolbox, Ocean Pool's aiming for decentralization glory. It's a game of more power to the pleb miners, more security for Bitcoin, and more get your fair slice of the pie action. This Ocean Pool's more than a pool, it's a symbol of change in the mining cosmos. Think decentralized block templates lightning network payouts, and a whole lot of love for small-scale miners. Their tides reward system? It's a life raft in the sea of complicated payouts, making sure everyone gets their fair share based on the real grunt work they're putting in. No more oops, your share's too small, tough luck drama. And ocean pools calling out the big bullies in the industry. No more monopoly on block templates. No more holding miners' rewards hostage in custodial vaults. Transparency's the name of the game, showing the world how Bitcoin mining's meant to be done. So, to sum it up, Ocean Pool's riding in like a knight in shining armor, waving the flag for fairness, decentralization, and transparency in the Bitcoin mining kingdom. It's not just making waves, it's sending tsunami-sized ripples through the industry. I'm Sammy Nash, signing off and reminding you to keep stacking that sweet, sweet corn.
5: Thank you, Sammy. Ocean Pool looks to be a success at launch, having found six blocks to date, and having attracted 1% of global hash rate thus far, but not without the predictable pushback. Udi Wertheimer and his dick-butt wizards wasted no time in crying like big whiny babies about ocean pool censoring ordinal inscriptions, but Luke Dasher contends their use is an exploit and it is damaging the time chain. Dr. Luther Finch from the National Laboratory in Los Alamos is here to shed some light on this. Welcome, Doctor.
6: Thank you. Uh, Audrey, I am happy to be here.
5: Dr. Finch, what gives? Are ordinal inscriptions an exploit that needs patching?
6: So I've been digging deep into these uh, ordinal inscriptions, particularly their impact on Bitcoin's functionality. Ordinarily, data gets stored in Bitcoin using the op-return opcode. This opcode helps to, um, in preventing excessive data growth within Bitcoin's UTXO set. The intention was to discourage uh, bloating of the UTXO database by avoiding arbitrary data storage within the blockchain. However, these inscriptions are circumventing the data size limit by masking data as script program data via op-push inside op-if blocks. They cleverly avoid the data carrier size limit, giving miners and node-runners limited control over the total size of data to relay and include in blocks. Additionally, these inscriptions leverage features in SegWit and Taproot, taking advantage of witness discounts and the absence of an arbitrary script size limit. They've used these features to store non-Bitcoin-related images disguised as Bitcoin scripts, exploiting Bitcoin's unintentional data-relaying capabilities.
5: So in your opinion, is this an exploit?
6: Of course. I believe I have already uh, made myself clear about that. The concerning part is that these inscriptions are enticing users to attach value to images stored on the Bitcoin blockchain and some high-time-preference miners are happy to accept fees to include them in blocks. Disregarding Bitcoins, uh, health and decentralization.
5: Despite the filtering of ordinal inscriptions, I still see them being mined. Is there really a censorship problem in Bitcoin pool mining?
6: Well, it's an intricate issue with pool mining. You see, on the surface, Bitcoin operates on a decentralized premise, allowing individuals to participate in mining and supporting the network. However, when miners combine their resources in pools, it can tilt the balance towards centralization. The centralization concerns in Bitcoin pool mining are primarily linked to the centralization of block creation, rather than the mere aggregation of hash rate. You see, while miners collectively contribute their hash power to a pool, the actual creation of blocks tends to be concentrated among a few key pool operators. In essence, this results in a situation where a handful of major pools through their operators, have a significant influence over which transactions are included in blocks and when those blocks are mined. This centralized control over block creation can potentially impact the network's fairness and the broader decentralization goals that Bitcoin aims to achieve. However, it's important to note that the situation isn't set in stone. Efforts like the encouragement of decentralization initiatives supporting smaller pools and technological advancements like Stratum v2 are underway to mitigate this concern.
5: Sammy also mentioned Stratum v2. Can you go into detail about that for our audience?
6: Stratum v2, this fascinating protocol has emerged through a collaborative effort involving Bitcoin developer Matt Corallo and a team of developers. What makes it quite the stride forward is its ability to enhance mining efficiency while concurrently tackling security vulnerabilities like man-in-the-middle attacks. In the grand scheme of things, it's envisioned that this protocol will empower mining pool participants further by granting them the capability to work on their block templates autonomously, decentralizing block creation. Developments like Stratum v2 should be encouraged as it democratizes pool mining by empowering the individual miner that actually finds the correct hash to construct the next block. In the current state of pool mining, many people have observed the massive hash rates that some of these pools have acquired and pool... F2 pool foundry, etc. All it would take is a few bad actors appointed to positions of power in these pools and all manner of censorship can happen. This is a glaring attack vector in Bitcoin that has yet to be exploited.
5: From what I understand, Luke Dasher launched his ocean mining pool to address this exact attack vector.
6: I think, for the most part, that is correct. So let me back up and explain. Ocean is different from other mining pools. It's much more transparent. First, they are a non-custodial pool. Miners are paid directly by the Bitcoin network. All Ocean does is coordinate the correct split. Second, they publish their block templates before solving them. This transparency differs from other pools, which do not permit their hashers to know what the block will look like until after it's irreversibly solved. It's vital for miners to know the details of the block they are working on beforehand so that they can withdraw their hash rate before Contributing work toward a block they do not wish to see added to the blockchain.
5: So, would you recommend a miner point their hash rate to Ocean Pool?
6: Well, uh, no. Ocean Pool's strict filtering policy not only excludes ordinal inscriptions, but coin join privacy transactions. These are legitimate transactions and should not be filtered. Whenever Stratum v2 is fully realized, this will be a moot point.
5: Thank you, Doctor. Very insightful. And now a final thought. The term censorship is tossed around quite liberally these days in Bitcoin circles. But is it genuinely censorship? Let's ponder that. The mining pools in question aren't expelling valid transactions from the mempool. They're merely queued up for another miner's attention. This isn't censorship, it's filtering. When miners opt for high-fee transactions over low-fee ones, is that censorship? Certainly not. Some may argue it's different because miners should act in their economic interest. But is it really different? Some miners view ordinal inscriptions as spam that devalues Bitcoin in the long term. Luke Dasher might be pushing it by filtering out coin joins. After all, coin joins play a vital role in Bitcoin privacy, and discouraging their use isn't ideal. However, ordinal inscriptions are a whole other ball of wax. There's no ownership tied to a JPEG or any arbitrary data in a transaction record. You can't own it. It's akin to thinking you can own the graffiti on a public overpass, it makes no sense ordinals are imaginary, absent in bitcoin core software, it's an illusion, a lie, there's nothing tangible connecting an imaginary ordinal to its blockchain inscription, it's nothing more than lasting waste scarring the blockchain. The fact is, this debate underscores bitcoin's censorship resistance. Whether a Chinese pool follows OFAC compliance, or ocean pool filters out ordinal inscriptions, there's always another miner who might find it economically sensible to mine those overlooked transactions. That being said, the growing threat of centralization in mining pool block creation needs addressing. In this context, the development of transparent mining pools in stratum v2 isn't just positive for Bitcoin, it's imperative. And with that, episode 80 of the Merkle Treehouse comes to a close. We are happy to be back and hope you missed us as much as we have missed you. Join us again on Wednesday for chapter 12 of Pinto Pete's Block Size War and more of the absolute best in Bitcoin Mindshare. In the meantime, Keep your money hard, your heart soft, and have a little fun sometimes. Put a pretty pink bow on this one, fellas.
6: Howdy, y'all. This here's Pinto Pete. Won't you please spread the word about the Merkle Treehouse? Share us, like us, do whatever you can. Thank you kindly for your support.